welcome to the Situation Report for October 5th, 2023. It's Lieutenant Colonel Murray. My apologies for not doing a sit rep yesterday. I was tied up with work, real world situations and just did not have a chance to step away. And I turned off my phone at about 10 o'clock yesterday, 10 in the morning, and I didn't turn it on till like two or three because my phone was just blowing up over this EBS thing. And I think it's 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 a fair it's fair to say that people lost their minds. I'm just going to go there. They just lost their minds. Let me explain how phones work, so we can put this to rest. First of all, there was no embedded signal. There was no other agenda. This was strictly a test, and. If they were doing anything with the test, they were going through to figure out how many people turned off their phones, how many messages were delivered, and the adoption rate, meaning adoption rate is really the number of people that didn't silence their phone, didn't didn't do anything. They listened to the whole message, listened to the whole tone. And you can tell all of that from... The care the carriers can tell you everything. They can tell you when the phone rings, if the phone's silenced, if the phone's answered, how long the phone rang, how long the conversation was. They can tell you if you got a text message. They can tell you if you read the text message. They can tell you if you got the page or didn't get the page. All the way down to phones on or off and tell you all of that. And they do that. So there's two regions of the phone. There's the firmware region, which the the carrier and the manufacturer control. And usually when a, a carrier will contract with a you know a Motorola or a or an Nokia or a Samsung, they have certain provisions that they want on the phone. It used to be they'd add all their bloatware to it that was terrible software that would make the phone run terribly. And they've eventually taken most of that off of the phone. Now you have to download it from the store to do anything with Verizon or T-Mobile or AT&T. But the the firmware on the phone is really controlled by the carriers and the manufacturer. And you can send discrete messages to the phone to update the phone in the background and nobody would even know about it. And we used to do it all the time. It's called over the air provisioning or OTA over the air, uh, uh, over the air applications, over the air updates. Anyway, over the air updates has been around for a very long time, but here was the problem. When smartphones came around, you had to make sure that all of the, the dependencies were on the phone to support the application you were sending. Meaning you couldn't just send an update if they didn't have a, a navigation piece or they didn't have another tool and you were sending a map portion or a map update for the for one of their uh, Google Maps or whatever, it would brick the phone. You'd have to make sure all the dependencies to run Google Maps was on the phone before you sent the update. So this back and forth two-way over-the-air OTP, over-the-air provisioning, you'd have to do this two-way handshake to figure out if everything was on the phone. And so once you did that and you figured out all the dependencies, then you could send the update and strip out the stuff that, that wasn't there. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't brick the phone. So all that happens in the background and you don't even see it. 
you, you don't even, it doesn't even, you know, show up. There's no indication to the phone user other than something just turns up on the phone or a new application shows up. And they could still do that today. The software region of the phone is updated completely by um, Apple or Google, and they can send updates anytime. You know those terms of service that you hit, okay, 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 or accept, 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 and you don't really read? They get, <clears throat> they give Google the ability to scrape, scrape your phone and take anything they want, keystrokes, everything. And trust me, they're monitoring everything. And they, too, can send updates to software that you don't even know about. They can force updates. They can force your phone to restart. They can turn the camera on remotely. You can do all of that. And you never even know. They don't. You can turn it. I've turned remotely turned on microphones on phones that were off through a maintenance command and sat there and listened to conversations. I'm telling you, they can do all this. They don't need to tell you they're going to send you a broadcast and then send a signal in it. And they don't need to do any broadcasting period to send signals to the phone and audible signals to the phone. They could do that in the middle of the night while you're sleeping and you just wake up to a sound. And guess what? If they were going to activate you, they, that's how they do it. This whole test was about shaping the battlefield for some other operation. Remember what I said in the 925 sit rep that you build narratives and you lead people along with the narratives to get them to accept an action you want them to take down the road through influencing operations. That's exactly what this is. They're setting conditions on the battlefield so that something big is already anticipated by the public. And when it happens, they accept the messaging and whatever else. And remember, they need you to comply. They need you to get on board with their one world agenda and their digital scoring system or their, their, um, their uh, digital scoring system and their, their digital currency. They need you to sign up for that voluntarily. And they're going to try and force people anyway, but that's not going to go well for them because there's too many people awake, but they're going to try anyway. And look, the, the bigger picture in all of this is that they're trying to set up a one world government with regional economic zones. It's in Agenda 2030. That's what they want to set up. So North America is a is a, a geographic um, economic zone, South America, Africa, et cetera. You can do all the continents become geographic economic zones. They want to do away with nation states. So COVID was designed to leverage the environmental quote-unquote crisis and get people to believe that number one, because of the climate crisis, we're going to have these endless pandemics because the food supply is tainted, the environment's tainted, and all of these these unnatural uh, viruses are coming out of you know parts of the world that we just haven't lived in because there's so much so much population density. All of it's a lie, but that was the premise they used because they can't they can't install a world a world government when you have nation states that have been the control mechanism along with religion for the past, you know, 2000 years. So you have to replace it like the communist system. And again, this is communist doctrine. You have to replace it with ideology that, that su supersedes the nation state. 
so it be, becomes vis you know viable for the world to adopt a one world government because of the climate crisis and a lot of this stuff was set up poorly in the beginning number 1 you can't do away with the nation state when you've had 100 years of or 200 years of a country where people believe in the in the country around the planet i mean the usa has been the icon for the planet for 200 years you don't replace that overnight with an icon and this is this is where the communist the communist agenda and complex operations get in the way of the communists this is where they fail because you can't replace a system that's been in place for you know two millennium with a system that nobody buys into and they don't they don't believe the premise it's being built on the climate crisis was a lie. COVID was a lie. People realize it was a lie. And just because it brought some of the jackbooted thugs out doesn't mean all those people are having, aren't having buyer's remorse right now, which they are. And the other piece of it is the more they try and jam this down our throat, the more they try and drive some uh, ideology that people don't believe, the more it drives them towards a more drastic measure or big event which is why they're using the ebs system to set set the conditions for a big event they need the big event now because they're they're running out of options to get people to buy into these narratives and influencing operations take a long time they influence the public for a very long time to accept the covid lockdowns and um the the injection piece of it where they failed was trying to convince people that the vaccines were safe and effective when people were dropping dead and the alternative media. And again, this is where the alternative media tripped them up. When they lost the narrative in the mainstream and alternative media picked up the narrative and ran with it, that the vaccines were unsafe, that they were harming people and they were killing people. And now you have all these studies coming out talking about how dangerous these vaccines are, completely destroyed their one world government and this march to um, totalitarianism voluntarily because people realize they're being lied to. And you just because there's people that still buy into the vaccine doesn't mean a big ver a big part of the population does not because there's a huge part of the population that does not go along with any of these narratives anymore and they're liberal and it's because they've seen people in their in their immediate circle and their sphere of influence that have been harmed by vaccines or killed by vaccines and it's the numbers are growing and that's just part of it they're trying to blame long-haul covid for a lot of the sterility the stillbirths, the miscarriages, and all the other problems that women are having in childbirth, and that's starting to melt down at their feet. So they need the EBS to drive a bigger fear event to get people to comply with a lot more lockdowns and more draconian measures, because that's all they have left is fear and intimidation. And if you look at how the control grid has worked to date, they've used the religion, the first in the you know, all the way up to the late 1800s, it was religion that primarily controlled the populations through fear and intimidation. They even controlled monarchies through fear and intimidation. And now, and after the, the turn of the century in the 19th century, then in the 20th century, you saw 
the change to technology and nation states that were driving the fear. And now, you know, the intelligence apparatus is driving the fear through a variety of, of mechanisms. And look, they're going to fail. They're going to fail because we saw this in Iraq. And I, and I keep going back to this because the one thing that they will never counter is human nature. People want to live free. They don't want to live like slaves. And I, I have a hard time believing they're going to pull off subjugating the whole planet to a communist system when nobody likes China in the first place. Nobody likes the CCP. Everybody realizes the CCP are they're a bunch of a bureaucratic liars that spend their time knifing each other in the back. Nobody wants to live under that rule. Nobody wants to live under the rule of a bunch of pedophiles in Europe. That's why it won't sell. And when you when you get down to the brass tacks and people finally figure out that they've been completely lied to about everything, even history, which is coming, which is why they're driving towards a major event. They need the maximum amount of fear. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Even if it's aliens or nuclear war, The thing that you should ask the question around is why now? We've averted nuclear war for how long? We've had nuclear weapons since 1945. Over 80 years with nuclear weapons, and we haven't had any major incidents with it. Why? Because the countries that possess nuclear weapons went to great lengths to make sure that the other side, that's where the red phone came in, so we could find out if the other side was actually posturing to launch nuclear weapons. We invested trillions of dollars to do it. And now all of a sudden it's on the table. It makes me makes me think that Putin's in on this. And this is just a he's just been maneuvered into this position. And this Ukraine thing is a distraction to disarm the US, et cetera, et cetera. No matter what happens. You shouldn't be scared because we're all going to die at some point. And at the end of the day, I'd rather die on my feet than on my knees. And I'm not going to die on my knees. No, I'm not going to be subjugated to a bunch of communists. And I'm definitely not going to be subjugated to a bunch of liberals. Never going to happen. And if I get smoked in the process, so be it but I'm going to fight so that our children don't have to live under this. This isn't about me. This is about my kids, which brings me to the reason why I talk the way I do. I talk to the problem. I'm direct with what I like and don't like because political correctness is what led us here. That passive aggressive nonsense that you have to talk around things instead of talking to them. You know why we have human resources departments instead of personnel departments? Because we had to soften the language. We had to be politically correct that those specialists were providing a valuable resource to the business. If we'd still call it personnel, we wouldn't have any of the bullshit issues that we do. And HR is not your friend anyway. Personnel was never your friend. They were just personnel. And now it's turned into a cultural as much of a political police they're, they, they're the commissars they're the political police officers for every company now 
And now this race, this diversity, equity, and inclusion, all that nonsense, they've turned them into the commissars. They have no function other than to run around the business and police up the, the communist ideology. That's all they do. They have no purpose in the business. They provide no value. They bring no income in. They're just a cost center. They do nothing. They're just political officers. So ask yourself, what do we need them for? And that's why I talk directly to the problem. Like yesterday, somebody got offended because I said that Jim Jordan could tongue my sweaty sack. And he can't. If you go look up Sandusky and what Sandusky did to athletes at Penn State, and then go look where Jim Jordan was at when that was happening, and then tell me that you have the same opinion of Jim Jordan, and then you can criticize me. He not only knew what was going on, he was complicit in it. And they brushed it under the carpet so he could go to the, he could go to the house. As far as I'm concerned, he's a bag of shit. And this conversation about Trump going to the speaker and Trump being put in the, in, into the speaker's position, never going to happen. Never going to happen. The same people that took him out of office are still in office now. And they are not about to let him come into office for any reason. And if they do, you have to ask the question, why? Because I look at uh, look at it as this is a compromise so he doesn't run. This is a way for them to put the, the ideologues or the neocons into office so they can, for, they can continue the conflict, continue to disarm America, and continue the globalist agenda, and they take Trump off the board if they make him speaker. And then they quickly remove him as speaker, and guess what? He's out of the race. Everything they do is to their benefit. They don't do anything to the to the public's benefit. It's just like Biden. If they take Biden out, they're going to take him out for age. They're not going to take him out for corruption. They're not going to take him out for treason. They're going to take him out for age. And then guess what they're going to do when Trump gets in office? They're going to do the same thing. They're going to architect the removal of Biden so they can architect the removal of, of Trump if he were to win. But there's no pathway for Trump to win. Again, the same people that put him in office are the same people that are still in office, and they're not going to let him back in. And then today, I saw that Gavin Newsom signed a law in California that basically prohibits hand counts of ballots. That's When I talked about institutionalizing cheating, that's exactly what I'm talking about right there. They're institutionalizing and passing laws to make cheating not only, not only institutional, but legal. And they're doing it so they could justify using the machines. They can't win if they don't cheat. They cannot. Because they know the public's not with them. And here's my question. You have all these people that have left California and the ones I'm really talking to probably aren't even listening to me because they're all liberal morons. They take their really bad politics to another state and make that state awful because they couldn't handle the politics that they created in California. So they have to go make someplace else equally awful so they can feel like they're at home in California, which is even more awful than it was when they were there voting in all these awful policies, but it is what it is. Anyway, they have to institutionalize cheating. And now that they've institutionalized cheating, they're going to do that here in Arizona. 
There's no pathway for Trump to come back. There's zero pathway. I don't know how you would do it because they control the counting centers. They've created polling centers instead of precincts. Again, Karen Fan, Rusty Bowers, Doug Ducey. They're the reason all this shit's happening. And Karen Fan is the war is the reason why there's no there's no paper ballot inspections. And she was she was at uh the press conference I went to where Sonny Borelli talked about signature matching. And I'll tell you exactly what my issue was. But she was there, and I'm like, I give you credit for being here. But I didn't make a scene because I wanted to dress her down and say, we wouldn't be here if you'd have done your job. I hope I hope the money's worth it because when the communists take over, it's going to be worthless and you're going to be broke and you'll have wasted your life for for an ideology you don't believe in in the first place. So I hope the money's worth it. But that's the McCainite crowd. That's the Pelosi crowd. That's the Feinstein crowd. All these states that had crime families in the Senate are all compromised. Every single one of them, because they created polling centers instead of precincts, guess what? They've institutionalized cheating. So you go to any polling center and and vote. Does that sound like a communist system? Show up and vote for Saddam. Show up and vote for Stalin. See how the game is played? They can't win without cheating. No matter how you cut it. There's no pathway for Trump to come back. There's just not. He's not coming back. So get it out of your system and then move on to something more important. Here's what's more important right now. Your local community, your family, and the things that that are tangible in front of you. That's what's most important right now. Because I don't know if you realize it or not, but a lot of people are out of work right now. And the food banks are tipped over with people. And the, the cost of living has gone up today. The interest rate on housing went up to 8%. That's going to kill the market. So essentially, home ownership's out of reach for almost everyone under the age of 35. You cannot afford to buy a house. When I bought my first house, all $200,000 of it was actually $185,000 when I bought my house. Literally, the interest rate was 6.5%. And my, my mortgage payment was like three grand a month. It was ridiculous. But that's what it costs back then to get in a house. Imagine a half a million dollar house and you're making $65,000, a year. That's your whole income. People cannot afford that. And so they've just priced, priced people out of the market and they've just turned the market into basically a ghost town. So how long do you think that's going to last before the market crashes? Three weeks? Four weeks? It's not going to take very long because it was already faltering under 7% interest rate. So now you've 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 adjusted the rate even higher and you've just made a bulk of the population unable to buy a home. And that's not even the worst part of it. The worst part of it is that rental rates are so expensive right now that it's almost as much as buying a house. But you can't buy a house because the interest rate's so high, the bank will qualify you for the loan. But you're paying just as much to live in a one-bedroom apartment with no amenities for the same amount of money. You see how the game's played? They're slowly turning up the heat, slowly draining you of resources, slowly taking away your hope and your ability and will to fight. 
So why would they put anything into the EBS system when they don't need to do that? They're already slowly draining the life out of you. That's the point I was trying to make yesterday, but nobody heard it. And at the end of the day, what's really going to matter is what we do and how we do it. The most, I think the most effective tool we have right now is non-compliance on a mass scale. If everybody would have turned off their phone yesterday at 1110 and then turned it off, turned it back on at 12, they would have looked at that one. We only reached 20, 20 million people. Because for every, you know, for every normal person, there's, there's somebody that's either working, they're, they're, they're not paying attention to their phone, whatever. There's probably 20 million of those people nationwide. But if 310 million people turned off their phones, that would be a loud fucking message for the elite. Not only are we not paying attention to you, we don't care what you do. We're not going to comply. Mass non-compliance. We have to be ungovernable. If you want to keep this from going kinetic, that's how you have to do it. And you notice how they're pumping the whole racial tension, the black on white crime right now. The only reason they're playing, that happens all the time. All the time. White on black, black on white. That, that kind of crime happens all the time. There's no spike in that. That's out of the that's out of the ordinary. What the difference is again, 15 second sound bites and video clips that are being posted all over TikTok, that are being posted all over the internet right now. What you are seeing a spike in is people that are running around who have completely lost their their marbles and they're running around naked and they're doing violent things. That is the telltale sign of a society unraveling because the fact the social norms have been tipped over on their head. So you're going to see more of that and that related crime, but that's not racial crime. That's just people losing their minds. You have to different. Well, you don't have to, but you differentiating between the two is going to be important moving forward because they need to drive racial conflict. Again, they need to separate everybody into buckets during COVID. It was, you're vaccinated. Oh, well, you're unvaccinated. Well, now that you're vaccinated, you have to be boosted. You're not in the boosted club, then you're not you're not special. And one of my admins posted yesterday that if you have three boosters, which my one of my kids does, guess what? You don't get insurance, no life insurance for you, because they've figured out the three boosters means death and payout. What does that tell you? Even the insurance companies know what's going on now. So look. Where I'm going with all of this is that the best thing we can do is to be ungovernable and mass noncompliance. That's why I keep talking about we have to come together. That's the only way that we're going to get peacefully get through this. And even then, that's not a guarantee. But we want to stave off the kinetic as long as possible. We want to run them out of resources, too, because they got a lot of high-tech stuff, but they don't have a lot of it. And once that stuff runs out, guess what? We're back to sticks and stones. It's like the drone problem. If you look at the drone problem, the drone problem is basically rendered artillery, armor, ineffective. Because they can hit you on the run. They can hit you as soon as you're stationary. They can hit you. And 
They don't need a, you know, tank on tank battle. They can hit you from a, a standoff weapon. So basically all those, 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 um, those tanks and those artillery pieces, well, guess what we're going back to? We've cycled back to flak. We're going to have to go back to flak to take out some of these, these drones, which means you're going to have to have automatic systems that are dispensing flak against, against drones as they come in. Everything comes full circle is what I'm trying to say. So we want to keep this as long as possible out of the kinetic space so that we can drive them out of resources and at least deplete them to the point where it's a fair fight. And we only do that by not complying for as long as possible and making it as costly as possible for them to implement anything. They put up technology, we take it down. That's how it has to be. Otherwise, it's kinetic. And you don't want kinetic because then we'll be like Aleppo. We'll be rebuilding our cities for years. We don't want that. We want to we want to throw these people and run these people out of power through non-compliance and their own inertia destroying their system. That's the only way out of this that's going to make sense. And we may not get that choice, but that's at least we try. And if we try and we put a lot of effort into being ungovernable, it's going to make it very costly for them to do anything. And it's going to save lives. And I think that's more important. But we're doing this for our kids. We're not doing this for anything else. Because our kids deserve to live in a world that's free. And those big R rights that we take for granted, those big R rights need to be there for them too. Keep that in mind. And this week I'm gonna I'm gonna take us back to I'm gonna go old school. I'm gonna go back to the eighties. I went I you know, I did some Bo Bo Diddley, I did some, you know, I did some uh Dave Brubeck. Now I'm gonna do a little uh I think I'm gonna do a little uh more stay in the time, little jungle love from the eighties. Uh, and uh, this is, um, I guess the best way to put it is this is one of those songs where it was totally an eighties song that was, it was, it was, you know, popular at the time, but uh, yeah, didn't last the test of time. It's not like Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. You hear that song everywhere, and it's been like 30 years. The guy's like in his in his 60s now. Uh, it's just too funny. But here's Jungle Love by the time. More stay in the time. God bless one team, one fight.
Secrets. 